Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. I want to begin with that scripture out of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to begin in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So right up front, the Apostle Paul, during the Roman Empire days and throughout the last 2,000 years of church history, the Holy Spirit through him was making it clear that there is no excuse for the human race for anything that they do contrary to the mind of God, the will of God, etc., etc. Just keep that in mind. Let's do something. Let's be mature about this, okay? Let's, let's uh, grow into this understanding that there is no excuse, okay? All of us, every one of us, have no excuse for doing anything contrary to what God's Word calls us to do. Now, we're living in a new covenant. It's a Holy Spirit covenant. It's a blood covenant. And it has a higher standard than the old covenant of the Jewish laws and all those different things. God's laws given to the Jewish people, uh, all those ordinances and all of those um, commandments and precepts, et cetera, et cetera, those were for the Jewish people. 
Now we have come into a new covenant, and the standard or the calling, the high calling of God that's upon our lives is much higher than what the Jewish law was, the laws of God given to the Jewish people. Because what we have in the new covenant is a calling unto the perfection, under the standard of Jesus Christ himself. And all of the new covenant scriptures are to be followed by us. And here's what we know, that by ourselves, it would be virtually impossible to do so. So the new covenant is force. It is in full force. It is empowered by the Holy Spirit in the life of an individual. So we take away any claim to be able to do anything in our own strength, but we do not deny the existence and the power of the Holy Spirit. For there are those that have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Now, I am confident that many of you that are listening today have already journeyed long into this walk, and you have seen victories in your life. I am confident that there have been overcomings in your life. I believe that many of you that are watching right now can honestly say, well, I used to be like this, but I'm not like that anymore. I have changed. There may be some residual, some leftover, some unfinished business, maybe some struggles and challenges with very deep things going on in your nature, but we are confident that he who began a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ, meaning he is going to emancipate you. He is going to deliver you from the bondage of corruption in every area of your life because this is the call of God upon all new covenant believers. It is the exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think covenant that far transcends what the law could have done. If a man or woman under the Old Testament would have kept the law perfectly, it still would not have changed their nature. So the unique reality and quality of the new covenant is that the power of the new covenant has the ability to transform the nature from Adam to Christ from human nature to divine nature. Now, this we know. So there is no excuse for the world in its rebellion, in its obstinance, in its witchcraft, in its hatred, in all that it is that is promoting evil things, okay? Let's just know what the scripture is saying. And this is also to those who believe as well. The time of little baby Christians making excuses for their, for their you know, wetting their, their pants and pooping their diapers, so to speak. I'm sorry to use such graphic language, but those days are coming to an end. These are not days to be immature and baby-like. You're living, we're living in the last days of time upon this earth, and we do not want to be of those who are going to fall away or defect from the truth because of our immaturity, because of our worldliness, our carnality. Okay, this is a real challenge and a real battle. But remember, the victory is ours and the battle is the Lord's. And also remember that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are going to come to the full stature of the firstborn son, Jesus Christ, by whom you're being measured and you're being brought up into him, you're going to do this by the spirit of the Lord and your willingness to cooperate and follow Jesus with the Holy Spirit guiding and empowering your life. There is no excuse for failure. Failure is not an option. Okay, this is just a reality for where we are right now. So it's time to really ascend to arise and shine and get on with the business of the kingdom for every one of us.
Paul went on to say this <clears throat> in verse 21, <clears throat> Romans 1, <clears throat> Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You see, when they knew God, okay, every human being that comes into this earth, they have an awareness of God, even in their fallen condition. That is the gift of God, the conscience. So even when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became, okay, they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And here's verse 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. So they made idols out of God. They put their own thought, their imagination into these images about who God was. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up. God gave them up. Now they are without excuse. They have chosen to do this. They did not thank God. They did not glorify God. This is all on them. And you and I may have been them at one time in our lives. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for forgiveness. Thank God for the gift of repentance in our lives. I'll say, okay, so God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, you can imagine going back to the Roman Empire with all the sensuality and all the, the lust and all the pride and all the ego and all the self and all the egotism that was going on in those days. Well, today probably eclipses that by 10 billion times, but we can understand what Paul was writing to, and by the Spirit from generation to generation, even in our final generation, these words hold true. So... What did they do in verse 25? They changed the truth of God. They changed the truth of God. For example, the LG or the BLT, the bacon, lettuce, tomato, uh, alphabet soup, LGBTQ community kind of thing. Uh, they have changed the truth of God. They've taken God's purpose and meaning for the rainbow, the beautiful color rainbow that God put over the earth after he destroyed it as a sign of peace when floods would come and rain would come and water would come as a covenantal promise that I will never flood the earth again. But we ignore the fact that God makes it very clear that the earth that now is, is reserved unto fire. But what the LGBTQ community did was they've taken the truth of God after a judgment that wiped out the whole world. And they're using, they're turning the truth of God into what? Into a lie. They're using the rainbow colors, suggesting that God is okay with what they're doing. They're setting up their flags everywhere around the world. They're promoting their wickedness and evil in the name of God and demanding that those who worship and serve God capitulate and understand that what they're doing is okay. And it's not okay. Every one of those LGBTQ community flags if they're in a business or if they're in a city, wherever they're being set up, 
They are flags or banners of war that have conquered those areas, and that's what the flags are all about. They show that they have conquered in this cultural battle and that they have established themselves in that business or that region. And so this is part of the spiritual warfare, the cultural battle that's going on within the nations. But it's not new. What did they do? They changed the truth of God into a lie. They've changed the scriptures. They've changed the meaning of scripture. There's a lot of this going on. And so what happens? They worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Now, worshiping and serving the creature, meaning all this energy, all this finance, all this labor, all this work, all this warfare, all this battle is to serve the creature who wants to be transgender, who wants to be queer, who wants to be homosexual, who wants to be lesbian, who wants to be all these different things that are so corrupt from the truth of what they were created to be. So they worshiped and served the creature. And all of this governmental, political, high finance energy that's being put into these agendas are not serving the creator. They are serving the creature who's demanding their licentious, vain imaginations to become realities in their society. So this is a major reality, what the Bible's talking about. And then it says in verse 26, for this cause, because there's battling, there's worshiping, there's serving the creature more than the creator. It says in verse 26, for this cause, God gave them up unto, God gave them up unto vile affections, vile. Let's look at the word vile just for a moment. The word vile is the atemia. And that word means dishonor, ignominy, and disgrace. God gave the human race who desired to worship the creature rather than the creator. He gave them up unto disgraceful affections or desires. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Now, the natural use of a woman was for a man to procreate with her. And women have oftentimes been engaged in bestiality. It goes all the way back into the Old Testament. But now the absence of what nature requires for procreation for women to be with women. But if we're not clear on it, the next part of this verse is very clear in verse 27. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. Listen, you can't argue this. The men leaving the natural use of the woman, the womb of a woman, okay, burned in their lust. They burned in their desire, their lust, one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. Now, that word there, unseemly, is the askemosune, and it means an unseemly deed of a woman's genitals, of one's nakedness, their shame, indecency, and it gets into the pudenda and other areas of the sensuality and the sexuality of man. But the point is very clear. They burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is disgraceful and receiving in themselves, you know, that queer look. And that feminism and that that thing that happens to them, it's part of the judgment for this kind of sin. 
they receive in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat, which has been discovered. One of the great judgments in our generation, the final generation to walk upon the face of the earth, was AIDS. It didn't come from green monkeys in Africa. AIDS was a direct result of the homosexual community. And even those who once participated will tell you the truth of that statement. So what did God do? He said he gave them up. And, and God made it very clear. Listen, if you're a homosexual, a practicing homosexual, if you are a lesbian, if you are involved in this kind of lifestyle, you need to know something because you're without excuse. You're not going to play upon the emotions of God. You may play upon the emotions of a corrupt government and a lukewarm church, but you're not going to play upon the emotions of a holy God who condemns this kind of activity, period. There is no justification And to put yourself up in a pulpit and to be a lesbian pastor or a homosexual pastor is ridiculous. There's no reality to that. And to have people come up to preach and to support the creature's desire rather than the creator's standard, again, is nothing short of blasphemy. So the word of God is very clear that this is unseemly. There is a recompense. There is a judgment. And it's not only in this life, but in the world to come. In verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They need to get God out of everyone's knowledge, dismiss the Lord, eradicate him from the mind of man. That's what's going on in the world in which we live today. God gave them over to a reprobate or useless mind to do those things which are not convenient. And that's what you see going on in the world today. It's a bunch of reprobate, useless minds that will have no eternal purpose. They are not connected to what is right. But let's talk for just a moment. The reality of what's going on in the world today on one front is this excessive, aggressive, violent, homosexual agenda known as the LGBTQ community that have armed themselves with lawyers and all kinds of government and politicians and all kinds of people that are filled with money and have power and all these legislators and uh, all these different people have aligned themselves as a militant military power to make war with God in the first place. That's where their real battle is with. And then the people that love God and obey God and honor God, who speak the truth of God, well, the war is against them because they're connected to God. So this major front of warfare known as LGBTQ, which is lesbian, L- lesbian, bisexual, LG, or lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, transgender, LGBT, queer, LGBTQ. All right, that's enough. And they're going to be adding some other of God's alphabet to it, right? So just understand something. It's very clear. They have made war with God. There is no excuse for their actions. They will not stand before God and say, you made me that way. They are liars. They have turned the truth of God into a lie to capitulate to harmonize, to accept, to tolerate their behavior um, and to allow for it in your mind or conscience or heart is really an agreement with it so you cannot do it. It is a condemned movement and they will be met with holy justice 
and that is going to be the eternal recompense for their sin. But in this world, they are empowered by Satan. They are empowered by government. They are empowered by money. They are empowered by Hollywood. They are empowered by all these different institutions, these godless, unholy, antichrist institutions. This is one front of war against God and against God's holy ecclesia, God's church, the people who are to be holding up the standard, being salt and light in society. Unfortunately, many of them have capitulated and their salt has become unsalty and therefore they are good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. You and I have a responsibility to maintain the light, to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. What is our wisdom? What this movement is, is godless, blasphemous, and war against the creator. And God's feelings about what they're doing is written in holy script. And you and I need to operate according to the script of God, not the narrative or the script of the world or LGBTQ community. That's just one of the fronts that's going on against the ecclesia of God today in the world. There are other fronts. I want to continue just for a moment. It says God gave them over to reprobate minds, being filled in verse 29. And this is what we're living in. This is the environment. This is the muck and mire of the reality of our moment. Filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, what's really amazing is the very next chapter, chapter 2, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you that judge do the same thing. Now, what that simply means is that for Christianity or for believers or anybody else in the world that looks at the horrible, wretched, reprobate blasphemy that's going on in the inexcusable actions of the creation against God, the creator, when we judge that, when we, when we condemn that, if we are doing the same thing, woe to us who judge it. Woe to us, woe to Christians who are watching pornography, smoking cigarettes, drinking booze, getting a buzz. Woe to you to condemn or be angry or upset about anybody that's doing those wicked things when you do the same thing. Now, this ties into 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and Patricia and I were talking about this this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, she's probably going to have a full-blown Bible study on this very soon. It says this. In verse 3, okay, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, For though we walk in the flesh, meaning the flesh bodies, not the flesh nature, we do not war after the flesh, physical bodies, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that's what we're doing today, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, 
and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So in other words, all this godless corruption that Romans chapter 1 talks about cannot be warred against or, or revenged if we are being disobedient and doing the same thing. So in other words, when a righteous remnant of holy saints arise out of the warfare and the struggle of their transformation, finally arrive into that place of being prepared as a vessel, meet for honor, okay? A vessel of honor, meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. In other words, their obedience has been complete. Their obedience has been fulfilled. Now they will have a clarion call to pierce the darkness and to shine the light on the blasphemy so that people will not be confused any longer about these movements that are vicious and hostile to God, to creation, to life, and every moral virtue and value and principle that mankind was to possess and live his life within the context of. So, very simply, we know that there is a movement in the earth, but it's not just the LGBTQ community. Okay, that's just one of the fronts of this godless move of reprobate minds. It is also all the other isms of blasphemy, all the other isms that confront God, that hate God, that war against God, against morality, against character, against virtue. And these are the godless ones that are operating in the earth today. And unfortunately, uh, they are supported and backed by governments that are hostile to God, who now in our generation have promoted laws that are ill against God, Okay, we once had laws in our own nation here. You've heard me say it 1,000 or that's about a thousand times. You've heard me say it many times that we once had laws protecting our society against the shedding of innocent blood. It was illegal to have an abortion in this nation uh, against homosexuality. Now it's promoted. Men are marrying men, women with women. So we once had laws in our nation protecting the psyche of our society from this kind of invasive psychological, spiritual, demonic, uh, you know, warfare. But now we have laws that promote these things, okay? This is what we live in right now. This is where we live. This is what's going on in our society. And now we have these movements, these affronted movements against God. And we've got to talk about it. We've got to talk about it because it's everywhere, and it's growing more and more and more. And, and, and the trap that Jesus warned that like a snare, it would come upon the whole earth. You could just feel the springs of that snap stretching to their limitation. And suddenly, bam, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you have to make sure that you have food because you're not going to allow to be going shopping very soon unless you capitulate and get the vaccination or the shot or the wear the mask, you're going to have to capitulate and a little bit of capitulation, a little bit of compromise, according to the word of God, a little leaven will leaven the whole loaf. The only smart thing for you to do today, not tomorrow, is get your truck or your car with a trailer on it, get to Home Depot, get to Lowe's, get to um, whatever store, Costco, Sam's, Walmart, and 
fill your vehicle with as much food as you possibly can handle and then have somewhere to store it and put it and make sure you have your silverware and your plates and you have tons of water and your medical supplies. I mean, if you need some kind of over-the-counter, whatever, whatever, you better get it. If you're dependent upon it, you need to get everything today. Leave this broadcast when it's over. Get in your car. Tell your honey buns, let's go shopping. Get somewhere. Bring a big trailer and pack it and get all your things that you will need. Toothbrush, toothpaste, hygiene stuff, food, can openers, bowls, everything you need. Go now. Don't go online. You you could go online and order a bunch of freeze-dried food if you have time to do it. But I'm telling you, get it now. Get yourself taken care of. You live in a one-bedroom apartment, half of that one-bedroom apartment needs to be floor-to-ceiling stocked with what you're going to need because you will not be able to go shopping unless you capitulate, which is a little leaven. And if you capitulate a little, eventually you'll be consumed by what is going to happen. Now, better to err on the side of safety, right, than presumption. I mean, you could sit back and presume it's never going to happen, like 2020 was never going to happen, but it did, and you people didn't have toilet paper. Or you could error, go spend some of your savings, get, you know, cash your check, do what you got to do, and go buy. Now, if you have opportunity and you have a little bit of more, go buy some land. Get some water on your land. Get filters for your filter jar. Now, folks, this should have been done 20 years ago. And rather than opining about, oh, Y2K came and I put all that into that, so, you know, I'm not going to do it now. That's like crying wolf. Well, don't get caught off guard now. Get and resupply everything you need. You have to do that. Why? Because the coming storm, all these different fronts are aimed at God. This is against God. They want to put something in your body that nobody knows what the outcome will be. This is against God. They are considering, as we speak, full-blown vaccination for the whole world. And this country is in the target and the crosshairs because the resistors, those that are resisting, they have already forewarned that there would be uh, resistors. They knew going into this, because they do the scenarios so often, they knew that there would be people that would not capitulate. So they prepared all these different variants, all these different levels of how they were going to deal. And so either they were going to release something more powerful, which is, you know, it's funny how it's working because even vaccinated people now need a third booster shot. So they've got all these things lined up how to deal with resistors. So the only thing to do is to come out of her, my people, get out of the way. You will not have a job very soon if this thing goes in the direction that some are saying it is. You will not be able to go to work without the shot. Or you're going to be tested several times a week with that swab stuck up your nose for the virus if you don't capitulate. So if you're out of a job, Well, I'll go find a new job. You better start looking right now what business is going to allow you to work without the shot and without being tested every other day for the virus. What are you going to do? There's can't shop. You can. Do you see how fast it's coming? 
Do we really understand how fast, how accelerated all of these things have happened? And, you know, how do we do it? Holy Spirit wisdom is the only answer for right now. Holy Spirit wisdom. It's a very sad day on planet Earth. Joe Biden said that if people in his government do not get the shot, he's going to fire them because he said, I thought you were smarter than that. Joe is so smart that he's going to fire people in the administration that don't want a vaccination or a shot in their arm, the puncture, the karagma, the mark. They don't want it. And so he's going to fire them because they're not smart. Joe is so intelligent. And Kamala and Nancy and all that administrator, they're all so intelligent. Now they have people coming in talking about January 6, 2020 again. They're bringing officers, and the officers are opining about how they were called bad names for the first time in their life. They heard somebody say, a Trump supporter, say the N-word, and this is now coming through a council. Man, I've been called a WAP, a guinea. I mean, I grew up in a city that you were a, I could call you some names. And listen, so what? So what? That had nothing to do with anything, okay? Whether you are, and I don't want to repeat those names. I don't want to go back there, my thinking. But I just know, so your whole life, nobody ever said anything bad to you. And now, what about sticks and stones will break my bones? Yeah, but you don't understand. It was at a Trump gathering. It was on January 6th, you know, that most horrible day on the planet. Horrible day on the planet? The most horrible day was January 6th? Well, to the leftists, it certainly was. It was a threat to their power grab, their power struggle, and they're using it for their forward motion in censoring and silencing anybody. They're taking away the freedom of speech, the First Amendment right, to say anything you want to say, right? They have every right to say what you want to say. Hello, goodbye, get out of here, anything you want to say. Everybody does it on television. They use the F word and the SH word and the GD word, and they go in and they let it rip, and they just got it going on. You know, the next thing, we better do away with Black Friday, because that's a, a racist thing, because that's critical race theory. Black Friday is associated with a mob mentality, breaking into stores and greed and uh, violence. Oh, and to be dressed in a white robe in the book of Revelation, if you're an overcomer, you get a white robe, you're going to address that too, aren't you? So don't go with Black Friday. That's terrible. Watch out for being an overcomer and getting a white robe because you're a racist. You know what? That's pure foolishness. That's stupid. And yet stupid and foolish are what are guiding the minds of the people today. Stupid. Stupid. January 6th, the worst day in American history. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? To a lot of people, it's not true. To a lot of people that were there, they're liars. They're lying. 
the few little incidences, do you think those few little incidents, you got called a bad name? Somebody called you a bad name? I'm sorry. Well, guess what happened for 10 months in our country while they were burning businesses down? While they were calling people every filthy name in the book? What about that? What about that? Does that not matter? So if I'm walking down the street and you called me whitey or something like that, am I supposed to be so offended that you hurt my feelings? You're going to put me on a little desk and tell everybody how sad it was to hurt my feelings? Or maybe the guy that was sidekicked in the head, or maybe the man that worked his whole life to start a business that you burned down. Where's the panel to talk about what they did? Robbed, burned, looted, intimidated. You know, America's going to get what's coming to it. And this thing is going to explode like a powder keg. And it's going to happen. And all I'm going to do is voice how foolish and absurd. And what's really absurd is that people are believing this leftist propaganda. They are actually citing it. And you see the people when the officers sit down, for the first time in my life, I was called this word. And the people back there with long faces, oh, I can't believe it. Where are the people whose businesses were burned to the ground opining about what was done to them? They're not there. They're not there. Nobody's getting a panel to talk to the government saying, oh, I worked for 15 years to start my business and they burned it to the ground. They busted my windows. They destroyed my car that I worked so hard to buy. Oh, everything I invested, it was taken away. And where's the opining? Where's it allowed? Where is it? Hypocrisy, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. God, our Father in heaven, Oh, I, I got to be careful. It, w- it would do us a favor if he just took one of his favorite rocks called a comet or a meteor and just threw it at this country and just squashed it and everything went away. It'd be so easy. It would be a favor. And many Christians are looking for the favor of God. And we're wondering, Lord, how long are you going to let this go on? How long will the wicked be in control? How long? How long? David cried out in the book of Psalms. How long? I saw the wicked prosper. How long? And God said, they're in slippery places. And I'm telling you right now, governmental officials of the United States of America and around the world, you are in slippery places. Your days are numbered and the day of accountability is coming for you. You think you're going to come for people? What's coming for you is not going to be a happy moment because what's coming for you is eternal. What's coming for the the propagandists and the leftists and the blasphemers and the haters of God that we just read about is eternal. Church, wake up. People of this nation, wake up. Stop believing their lies. Because I'm telling you, a little leaven will leaven your whole thinking mechanism. A little capitulation, a little tenderness, a little compassion. Compassion for what? What are we having compassion for? Oh, we're having compassion because somebody called you a bad name and they broke a window. They broke a window in the Congress building. They broke a window. Horrible. How many windows were broken in the 10 months leading up to that? How many? How many? Was there a fire? 
in Washington, D.C. on January. Try to find one. Try to find one picture where they set fires, broke windows in cars, disrupted private property or public property. Show one. You can't. But a broken window, a broken window. Oh, my gosh. A broken window in the, in, in the Congress building. Show me the fistfights down on the streets where the majority of the people were. It doesn't make any sense, does it? When you put it in perspective, it makes no sense. And the only question is, Joe Biden, you're so intelligent, you're so smart, and those dumb people that aren't going to capitulate to the demands, you're so smart, how could you possibly believe in your intelligence that January 6th was the worst day in American history. Joe, where were you the 10 months of violence in our country, in your basement? Where were you? What were you doing? Where were you, Joe? You're so smart. You people are intelligent. A third grader could view the last year and a half And they would laugh at you, suggesting January 6th was the worst day. And now they got grown, full-grown men, full-grown men. They called me a name. They called me a name. They called me a name. I've never heard anybody call me that name before. Could we please hold them accountable for what they did? Those Trump supporters, those patriots, those white conservatives, they came around me and they called me a name while I was in uniform. I'm so upset about that. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. <laughs> that's, that's stupid. I realize this may be my last day on YouTube and Facebook. So what? So what? If one person will wake up, start writing books, write a poem, get on your own podcast, do something to shatter the delusion and the illusion of lies that are going on. I mean, I know I'm a Christian man. I'm a pastor. And I know that wise as serpent, gentle as doves. I get it. I get it. I get it. But Sometimes you just look at things and you just go, this is ludicrous. This is nuts. Come on. Getting a white robe for being an overcomer is not racist. Calling it Black Friday when everybody goes to get all their cheap stuff and mobs go in and, and, and you know, it's just so hostile. Black Friday. Oh, we better not call. It's not racist. It's not. Take your critical race theory and put it back where you came from. Hell. Because it's not even real. It's not concerning real racism. Real racism is not critical race theory. It's stupid. Now you're going to have to outlaw the Bible. Because critical race theory, that was a white man's Bible. Yes, it was a white man's Bible. That's why you didn't get a black robe. You had to get a white robe. That's stupid. Black people get a white robe 
when they overcome, it's spiritual. But you're so intelligent. You're so smart. You know better. You know. All those white people are bad people. All those Trump supporters are bad people. All the patriots and the lovers of America are bad people. Really? Really? Boy, are you confused. You are confused. But what's so strange about that? Romans 1. God gave them over to stupid. That's what it says. God gave them over to stupid. So stupid is operating in the nation. And the highest offices of this country, in corporations, all those big, powerful money people, they throw their billions around. Oh, oh, oh. You're going to perish with your money. Your money means nothing. Your money's going up in smoke. Hopefully, it'll be transferred to the righteous before we have to go into the wilderness. But you know, all your bullying with your money, you're going to die without your money. And what you've done with it to support what is evil, that's on your blood. That's on your head. You haven't fooled anybody. And when you're dead, you don't even know who's going to get your money, a wise son or a foolish son. When you're dead, you know what I mean, dead? And it's not just an absence of existence. When you're spiritually dead and your soul goes into an eternal place called damnation and hell and the smoke of your torment goes up, you better remember, Mr. Rich Man, what it was like on the day that you were hurting terribly in terrible fear, begging for some help, 20 times, 20 billion times that without tomorrow to get you out of it. You better not put your trust in your money. You better not think your money is your salvation. And because you've got the respect of the world and you're the playboy of the hour, don't think for a minute that that's going to last. You're going to grow old and decrepit and you're going to be just like Everybody else, you're dying. You're going away. And the influence of the world, yay, thank you for supporting us, the creature, with our homosexuality. You did that. Their blood is on your hands. Stupid. Stupid. That's what's in control of the nations today. Stupid. Is there an answer? You know, if you weren't so stupid which God turns you over to. The Bible says you were turned over to stupid. If you weren't so stupid, you know, the nation could actually be gathered together, but they have divided it so bad it will never be gathered together again. There are no soft talks anymore left for this divided nation. Only civil war, only an internal revolution is what's at the door, period. There's no conversation anymore. It will never exist because they divided it, which was a sign of judgment for allowing them to have a voice within our nation. And now they are taking away the voice of the people that really love this nation. The conservatives, the patriots, the moralists, the virtuous, the Christians, okay, the constitutional people. They're stealing their voice. And YouTube... For the free-thinking world, if you don't say what we want you to say, you're out of here. Well, fine. Glad to go. Who cares? You're hypocrites and you're stupid. And that's what's the spirit that's guiding your, your actions. Why don't you get born again? Why don't you wake up? Why don't you read the Bible? Why don't you get some truth? Why don't you get enlightened to reality? 
Well, my, my wife, Patricia, doesn't like this conversation right now. But, I, you know, it is what it is. What else is there to say? What else is there to say? If we cannot expose their darkness by showing what God said, he gave them over to reprobate minds. If we, if we don't do that, they're always going to appear to be right. And they're making everybody believe they're right. They're not right. They're wrong. But in honor of my wife, Patricia, I, what do I do? I, what do I do? I yield. I do something. I do something. It's frustrating. It's absolutely purely frustrating. There was a time when things were so silly, stupid, that at least somebody with a normal mind would say it. Now all the people are saying that stupid is right. Isn't there a Bible scripture that actually says the day will come when they're called good, evil, and evil, good? They'll call light, darkness, and darkness, light, and bitter, sweet, and sweet, bitter. Oh, yeah, there were a few prophets of God that warned the people that an environment would come creating an atmosphere that they would actually be calling good, evil. Hmm. I refuse that. I absolutely refuse that. I have no spiritual intelligence of my own. I am, I'm, I'm not smart. But the wisdom and the intelligence of Jesus and the intelligence of Scripture and the intelligence of the Holy Spirit, when you look through the biblical lens at the signs of the times, you see their stupidity. Now, it's sad because if they don't repent because God turned them over, well, they're damned. They're damned. And that's unfortunate. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Anyways. All righty. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. Good morning to Phil Buswell and Kevin Hauger. God bless both of you. Um, praise the Lord. Laquita Sizemore is with us today. Hello, Laquita. God bless you. Cindy Messman is with us. Good morning to Cindy. Carol Carey is with us. Good morning to both and all of our sisters out there. Brenda Torville. Uh, thank you. Vinnie Potts and Pans is with us today. Good morning, Vinnie. God bless you. Um, okay, people like the background. Praise the Lord. Marcus Julian. Amen. Marcus Julian. Yes. Ken Wagner. Good morning, Saints. I concur with Kevin regarding the background. Looks great. Pastor, the background lends credence to the prophetic and apostolic anointing that you have and are bringing forth. Wow, Pastor Ken, that's amazing. God bless you, sir. Kevin Hauger, amen. Even your cup matches the background. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Charlotte Gotch, good morning. Diana Bless, good morning, Pastor. The new background looks great. You and everything coordinate beautifully. Thank you for always sharing truth and encouragement. Ken and I will see you and Patricia later. Amen. All right. Uh, Vinnie Potts and Plans, please remember to hit the like button, everyone, so that other saints can find us here on YouTube. Hey, YouTube controllers, why don't you let free speech have its way? Why don't you let people disagree with other narratives? We're not threatening anyone's life. You're thinking if you don't get a vaccination, we're all going to die. That's not the truth. 
Let people think for themselves and let people say what they want to say. Who are you to regulate what people say when you allow so much filth? I could turn YouTube on and show you the most gross, filthy conduct. Why don't you let moral, righteous, just virtuous people that have their own thoughts and ideas express them like everybody else? I mean, it's the freedom of expression, right? Shame on you. Vinnie Pots and Pants says the Patriots are soon to move in and make mass arrest and declare martial law. You know, I really hope they do, Vinnie. Emergency broadcasting system being tested and will be used. Make sure you have a radio. Okay. Rioters of BLM will dress as Trump supporters. Don't join in. Stay home. Okay. Something going on somewhere. Uh, Diane, thank you, thank you, thank you. This message was awesome. Praise the Lord. A huge sting operation, Vinny says, is taking place to capture all the swamp from government to Hollywood. Man, I hope they do. Uh, Worldwide, Kenneth Bruns, I was born colorblind. Maybe it was a blessing. Same here. Same here. I grew up with the Black Brothers and the Puerto Ricans and the Italians and the Irish in Jersey City. I know. Nobody saw it. Except I remember playing one of the black high schools. They used to pinch you when they tackled you in football. I used to hate that. Anyways. So, Brenda Torville. Yes, stupid is in control today. You bet it is. Uh, We have some praise the Lord, some keep telling the truth. And Sebastian, great message this morning. Hey, Sebastian, thanks for the thumbs up. Now, I don't know. You folks are going to have to tell me if you could hear. This is Brother Don calling in. I'm on Blog Talk Radio. And let's see, Brother Don, I don't know if anybody could hear you or not. Um, Good morning to you, sir. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. Glad to have you. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I want to thank you for your courage today. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. I don't know if they can hear you, but uh, go ahead and say it because people listening later will be able to hear your comments. Well, I just want to thank you for your courage today, and I really needed that because we're in a war, and in any war, leaders to lead the troops. And you're leading the troops right now. And a great threat and personal cost to you, you're right on the front lines and you're leading uh, when there's not a whole lot of leaders out there, especially behind the pulpit. So I want to thank you, and I just want to encourage you and tell you how valuable you are to God and to the body of Christ. So, Well, hey, Don, that's amazing. Any special reports, anything you want to share? I thank you for that, by the way. Very kind, and, and hopefully God could use it for something good. Um, what's going on? Anything you'd like to share with um, these variants, These anything new, fresh on your palate? Because people are hearing you loud and clear right now, which is awesome. Well, as a retired policeman, uh, all the evidence, that you could ever possibly need about this shot being a weapon to depopulate the United States and the world, all the evidence you could ever need is on the table right now. And the people on the mainline media are owned by the people that are making you take this shot that are trying to kill you. So, uh, you have to realize what you see on television is nothing but an enemy transmission. 
Your enemies are those who seek to destroy you. So I just want to say once again, uh, you have to be a fool to take that death dart. It's akin to walking in the gas chamber in Auschwitz. And with that, I want to say one more time, I've said it before, and Lord knows I don't know everything, but I do know some things. And I saw an interview one time by an old Jewish man that was a survivor from Auschwitz death camp. And he was asked by the interviewer, uh, it's always been a curious thing about why you people got on those trains because there's just a few Nazi guards and there was thousands of you. And other than the fact they had a loaf of bread for you and all that, but why, why would you get on a train to take you out of one place where you felt safe? The last bastion for you, which was basically the Warsaw ghetto. Why did you let them lure you out of there? Didn't you hear about what they were going to do to you? And, and, this man very sincerely responded, yeah, we heard about it. And the interviewer was really surprised, and he said, well, how did you hear about it? And he said, well, we had people, young people, that escaped the death camps, and they came back to the Warsaw Ghetto to warn us. And so we, we had heard all the rumors, which right now you would call conspiracy theorists. Of course, that's weren't kind of thin now, ain't it? And uh, the interviewer says, well, why did you get on the, on the trains? Why didn't you fight? Why didn't you resist? And he stated quite simply, he says, there's only one answer to that, and I'll tell you honestly. The answer is we would not allow ourselves to believe that our government, which was the German government, actually do that to us. Now, now, I thought that was one of the most interesting <laughs> statements. And he, and this fellow says, he says, I fought for the Kaiser in the First World War. I took my medals into the camps and said, look, I fought for the Kaiser. I'm a loyal German citizen. And they said, yeah, just throw that medal over there and with all that big pile of medals over there and uh, that are there already that other men have thrown, you know, thrown down there. And just keep walking. So... I think that's all that's happened to the American people. I think they've been brainwashed. And unfortunately, it was it was insidious. It was slow. Now they got them fighting over their own, the color of their skin. They're Americans. The whole country is made up of people coming from other places in the United States. It's a gigantic melting pot. And these communists, New World Order, have them fighting over the color of their skin, making things. I mean, it's it's so bizarre. But that's where we're at right now. And these these this January, this hearing they had the other day in Washington D.C., uh, talking to all these well, they're not policemen, they're palace guard that were up there talking about how how upset they are that. You know, they were called honkies or niggers or, you know, specs, whatever. How upset they were. They just couldn't stand it. Well, I was a policeman. I was called every name under the sun 
on a weekly basis at least, spit on everything else. And I even heard some words. I still don't even know what they are. <laughs> so, I, I yeah, well, you know, you're from, you know, you're yeah. from New Jersey. So, uh, you know, you're, this is nothing new to you. I know, I know how you grew up. I know how I grew up right outside of Chicago in basically Chicago, Indiana, but how they could, it, it was laughable when I heard these guys talking like that and they're, they're, they're trying to say they're policemen and they're not policemen. They're guards. They're federal guards. That's all they are. And a lot of them were complicit in this. But see, what's interesting is the way they tweak this, this thing. They, they lay out the facts, but then where do they go? They go right to the racial thing because that's the drum they pound all the time because a lot of people will buy that. So they're going to sell you what they think you might buy. And all this hearing was was just another beach ball for you to play with that they threw out there so you won't look at what they're doing in Washington, D.C. Now, personally, and I believe this totally in my heart, I'm 70 years old, and I can tell you right now, and I tell everybody that I see, January 6th was the greatest time for patriotism, the greatest patriot act Mm -hmm. I have witnessed in my entire life. And what happened is the people inside that building, inside that Capitol, provoked the American people to the point where they stormed that Capitol and tried to disrupt what was going on there because their vote was being stolen. Now, the evidence for all that is plain to see, too. So what do you think is going to happen and they're all, they're so upset in Washington now because, oh wow, uh, that's real anger there. Look, look what they did. There was a million and a half of them out there, and they even even some of the people that were guarding the Capitol they can't be trusted because they opened the doors. They were they were like in agreement with what happened, and policemen and fires. Everybody else got arrested. That were all complicit in the whole thing too because why because the military and the police and the firemen come from the people and that's what these traders these communist new world order traders are most afraid of the people now i wasn't there but i heard stories and i remember one which i was really impressed with is this individual told me that he stood there and listened to a million and a half people shout over and over again, we the people, we the people. Now think about that. I, I was there one time where there were a million people. There was a, it was the uh, Million Man March. I know what that looks like. I was, I'm still amazed from that. But that's what was going on there. And when the, when the ones who pushed forward to fight those police lines, the rest of them were in the background singing the Star Spangled Banner, singing patriotic songs. Now think about that. Hmm. That was a righteous act. 
it completely frightened the, the traders in Washington. They never expected that. They're still frightened. They built a green zone around the White House. You know, they have a big problem, and they still haven't disarmed the American people. And half the American people are going to fight. They're already fighting because they're refusing to take that death dart. So they have a big problem, and the only way they're going to settle it, they're going to have to bring U.N. combat troops in here, and they're going to have to try to subdue the American people. They don't know how that's going to work out, but they do know that they can't win a guerrilla warfare. Nobody can win a guerrilla warfare. The people just become stronger as you kill them and imprison them. So they have a big problem there. And, Don, let me just interject a Let me just interject the thought real quick. So the idea is to remove all the dissenting voices so that there is no other side of the story so that the people will be inundated, overwhelmed with this other narrative without any dissent, and they will begin to believe it because people are like that, correct? Yes, and I'll go a little deeper with that too. This death dart that they engineered, and there's no doubt about it, that's exactly what it is. This thing that they've designed was to take out the conservative, patriotic body of Christ or the conservative, patriotic citizen that will fight them in this country. That's what it was really designed to do. And Operation uh, Warp Speed. That was brought on by Mr. Trump himself. He's the one that pushed it. So, see, that's another story, too. And he's also the ones that got them people to go and storm the uh, Capitol building. And he said, I'll I'll be there with you. And then he got in his uh, limousine and went to Florida golfing. So there's other things going on here. And I'm sorry. uh, I think Mr. Trump is totally complicit in this. I think he always has been. He was running around with Epstein. Uh, They got pictures. They got everything they need. They even questioned Epstein about Trump. So it's all there. This is a gigantic operation. But the death dart was for us. And, uh, and, yeah, they got a lot of Biden people and all that to go along with it, and they took it, and, you know, they're dead now. But they didn't care about them. Because they want to exterminate the American people anyway, and they're not; those people are useless. They're not going to make good slaves. They'll fight them, but that's what communists always do. They always kill first the people who help them overthrow their government. The main target was us, and we didn't do it. And it's kind of laughable. It's like you know, curses foiled again. They got a big problem, and now. They're establishing NATO troops around the United States and in the United States. They're calling them NATO troops now. They they just uh, established a beachhead in Norfolk, Virginia. Millie was there uh, congratulating the fact that a NATO uh, command has been formed right there on American soil. And Millie said, General Millie said at the end of his speech, well, this is great because we can all work together to put down a crisis. Yeah, what's he talking about? The crisis in the United States. They're going to bring, they have NATO troops here now anyway. And they're all going to be used to subjugate the American people in a mass move. 
maybe after an EMP, whatever. Well, all they were trying to do is they were trying to whittle down the American people because they're so heavily armed and so defiant once you mess with them like this that they have to take them out first, millions of them, and they didn't succeed. Now they got a big problem. That's why, you know, we talked a lot about EMP and stuff. Yeah, they're going to have to use military tactics, turn off the grid, turn off power, whatever, and try to wear them out and weaken them for when they come in here. So you're absolutely correct, Pastor. You go out and you buy all the food you can, ha- you can handle. You stack it to the ceilings. Make sure you have clean water. Make sure, well, I know you already have weapons and more ammo, you know, mountains of it. But that is what you're going to need because they're going to turn off everything and they're going to try to smoke. You know, just like the Warsaw Ghetto, we talked about what they do. They turn off the lights. They turn off the water. They put them in the dark. And there was still an element that fought them until the, until the better end. And they killed like 200 German soldiers in that siege, the people inside there. They only had a handful of guns, but they had the ground. And see, we have the ground. We have the weapons. You have to have the food, and you have to brace yourself for what's coming. You're going to have to fight for this country. You fight first on your knees, and then you pick up your rifle like your forefathers did, and you fight them as they come. And I think it'll we'll come close to getting taken out. It's going to be very bloody. I think in the end we'll win. But we have to have that kind of resolve. This is no time to be playing around. We need to do prepare and get ready because it's right at the door and it's coming in right now. Amen. Absolutely true. Uh, some comments going on right now. Don, the U.N. troops are already deployed in Canada. Our Marines will be fighting the U.N. and NATO troops. So uh, war, the third wave, as I call it, we have uh, said this over a year ago, that there would be four waves in this present phase of judgment. Uh, We saw two waves, and the third wave would be the wave of war, and then lights out number four. I still believe that's consistent and true. Time uh, will really tell. I mean, time will tell. What an amazing day. Um, By the way, one of our friends uh, out there wanted to know if it was better to um, you know, use the word reprobate rather than stupid. And I just wanted to share the definition of stupid according to uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary and an Oxford Dictionary. The word stupid actually is having or showing a general lack of intelligence or common sense. And so I think the word is valid uh, rather than reprobate. We could use both, uh, but a, a lacking of intelligence um, is kind of what the word actually means. So, all right, now what do we do? That's the question. There's a silver lining to this. Number one, most importantly, is people are going to get put against the wall until all they really have is, is God, is Jesus. That's all they're going to, they're going to have to rely on him totally. That is a blessing. All the baubles and trinkets are going to be stripped away, and it's come, going to come down to pure survival. And the thing that you want to go into a situation with that first is the Lord Jesus himself, because he has the power to protect you. He has the power to provide for you. All you have to do is go into covenant with him and your submission to his gospel plan, and you're good. The worst that could happen to you is the best that could happen to you, which is you go to heaven. So that eternal security 
and submission to the Lord Jesus Christ and obedience to the Holy Spirit. That is the most important thing. You you have to get that right now. Get that before you get food. Because food, the food can run out. But his provision will not because he can't lie. He's not going to go against about what he said. Men do that. God doesn't do that. So that's most important, and that's a silver line. We're going to see millions of people come to Jesus Christ. Sincerely, there's going to be more men of God like you preaching the truth from the pulpit, banging the pulpit and telling the people the unvarnished truth. That is the greatest thing that is going to come out of this, and this possibly it will be the last harvest. Well, that's what I'm thinking before hmm. Jesus actually returns. Right, Benny Potts and fans, I know you agree. <laughs> he says yes. <laughs> All right. Well, very that's good. Vinny said uh, Virginia will be a huge battle due to the sanctuary gun laws that the left hate. Uh, you were in yeah. Virginia some time ago, yeah? Yeah. I was at the uh, the rally there, the gun rally. Mm. And um, that was an exciting time for me. I mean, uh, we took the Indiana flag down there, and uh, we planted it right in the intersection. And uh, that was a tremendous time. And see, I remember uh, this eight-minute clip that they played for Congress uh, a couple months ago showing this, uh, what they called the insurrection. Uh, I'll call it the Patriot Charge. Uh, they showed this eight-minute clip, and one guy turned around and missed all the fighting in front of him, and he yells to the crowd, we need to go home and get 30,000 rifles. And they wanted Congress to see that because that's exactly the number that they said were in Richmond, Virginia, for that rally, 30,000. Well, I would say there was more than 30,000. Those people there, uh, you could feel the resolve. Uh, They came in there. They weren't playing around. They were trying to show the governor of Norfolk or the governor of Richmond, Virginia, exactly what he was facing. And they were very respectful. Nobody got hurt. Mm-hmm. And Tifa ran away like uh, dogs between, with their tail between their legs. They walked in there and then they ran out like, uh, <laughs> it's like no, this is too much for us. Uh, it was a great day. Yeah, I think it set a standard. But the real standard that was set was the Patriot Act in Washington, D.C., because it showed our enemies our resolve, and those men weren't even armed, and they got all the way in there, and the only one that died is a woman that they murdered, Ashley Babbitt, shot her in the head or neck, and that guy's walking away free. Not a word mentioned about him. That's interesting, because he killed somebody, a woman. So... That was very important that they saw that. That's what they're afraid of. And see, all those people there, the million and a half people there, they know that at home, most of them have a rifle with a good supply of ammunition. Militarily, right now, this will not be good for them to come in and take the American people. They will expend their armies on the American people, and they know that. 
So they got to put something in front of this. It's probably, I'm thinking it's going to be an EMP. That's what they keep talking about. That's what they've been practicing. And you and I both know uh, if, if they take food away from the American people, uh, it's going to yeah. be brutal. People went, I mean, people when they don't eat, after three or four days, they'll kill to get food. The Rand Corporation made a statement about four or five years ago that if the lights are turned off in Washington, D.C., within 48 hours, cannibalism will start. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I yep. truly do believe that. So <clears throat> I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just trying to no. put it out there. No, and, so and uh, I I know what I'm saying is true. I know it in my heart, and I've researched it. I know exactly what they're going to do, and they're doing it. And this, these little hearings they have, that's just diversions. That's little things to divert the American people away from what's really happening, which is right now they got big problems. They can't get the American people that they need, the people they need to take their death. They, they have a problem, and it's a big problem for them because all those people that won't take it are also the ones that basically, I don't want to call them Trumpsters, but they believed in American values, and they're not buying all these lies, and they're sitting there, and they're ready. Everybody is ready, and they know they're going to have to come in and take it. It's like taking a beachhead. You know? They're going to have to lose a lot of people to do it. So I don't think they want to make that sacrifice because the outcome of this is dubious to them. They don't know what's going to happen. It's unprecedented. Even Hitler Hitler would not take Sweden because every man in Sweden, over a million, had a rifle inside the residence given to him by the, by the government with 60 rounds of ammunition. Instantly, they had a, a million-man army to repel Hitler's invasion forces. He went around them. They were able to remain neutral through the entire war for that reason alone. The other countries weren't smart enough to do that, and he just bowled them over. Of course, he lied to them, and he conned them. You know, same thing going on now. We're bit, they're trying to con us. They're trying to lie to us to try to seduce us into what they want us to do. Fear is a big factor with them. They use fear. And that was, that's been very effective, but it hasn't been effective 50% that they needed to be effective on. The 50% they needed to be effective on, they harden themselves, they see through it, and they're standing ready. It's going to be very interesting. You know, Don. The next phase will be, next phase will be a softening up, and I'm thinking it's got to be in the MP. That's what they've been practicing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as you're talking, um, I'm thinking First John chapter 5, uh, and I was just thinking, we need to really thank God, those of us who are awake and can have this conversation um, in the calm tones. Uh, it says in verse 18, we know that whosoever is born of God sins not, but he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and that wicked one touches him not. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. So God has given us the spirit of truth. 
wisdom and understanding. We can have this conversation. It's biblically intelligent. It's accurate. Uh, it produces a lot of questions as to, you know, if Jesus were living in this world today and he gathered his disciples and what would he tell us to do? Um, but we have an understanding. We have wisdom. And to think that we could be in the world believing all the propaganda, all the lies, all the deception, we could be under that veil um, is it, it, frightening when you stop and think about it. So we thank God for the truth of the Holy Spirit. And what is it? You know, when I look at this conversation, when I'm listening to you, um, always in my mind and in my spirit is the reality that the great event, the great event, the grand event is the second coming of the Lord Jesus. He's returning. And the environment and the signs of the times are obvious to that reality. But it's all the things that lead up to that event, the final one being the greatest tribulation or thlipsis or pressure that we have ever known. Jesus said it would be a tribulation that's never been before. It will never be again. The pressure to take the mark or the pressure to take the shot. You know, this is the beginning of a time of pressure that is centered on believers. This great tribulation is not against, it's not God's wrath against the world. It's Satan's wrath against everything called God. And this is where Christians around the world need to be prepared to walk through this season of three and a half years, according to Revelation 13, where the, they will not have the ability to stand up to fight because the Bible says they will be overcome for three and a half years. And so if this is that moment that the millions that you talked about will get saved because of the internal revolution, uh, and we're witnessing that all over Europe right now. There's protests going on. Uh, we see everything Jesus said would be happening in the last days. And so your comment about having the heart clean, the mind clean, uh, standing upright before the Lord, having him allowed him to search our heart to see if there would be any wicked way in ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. So I know that that great tribulation is coming. And all these moments are leading up to it, but it's not the grand event. The grand event is immediately after the tribulation. Then we're going to see the coming of the Lord with some things that accompany that salvation. So uh, what a moment to be alive in the final generation on the face of the earth. Don, why would anybody turn away and say, well, we're not that generation. Everything written is happening globally all over the world at the same time this is a phenomenal season to be alive, is it not? Oh, yeah, and, you know, to turn away from it now, uh, uh, you, you don't have to be reprobate. You have to be stupid. <laughs> because if you're not willing to look and analyze what is right in front of your face, it is stupidity. So... That's all you can really say about it. Uh, it's a time of judgment. It's a time of judgment. I mean, look, 80 million babies, 80, many, 80 million individually destined human beings we threw right back in God's face through acts of murder. Now, uh, I, I, got, I know God hates the shedding of innocent blood. He hates homosexuality, and he hates the shedding of innocent blood. So that being the case, is it highly possible that the American people 
are under judgment right now, at least those that went along with it. And I got to tell you, I, I keep reading, of course, you don't know what to believe as far as what the other side's saying, but most American people are supposed to be for the murder of the unborn children. Mm. Well, they were born second God put the spirit into their bodies in the womb. They were born then. That's the time of conception when the spirit hit the woman's womb. And we murdered those those babies, human beings. And, you know, let's face it. Every one of us were fetuses at one time or another. Even though the worst of these people have to admit that. And we ripped them out of women and we sent them back to God. Mm. And God might be raising them, but think about all the the wonderful talent and destinies that were ruined and blasphemed against by throwing them back to God. Think about, does he not believe that the shedding of innocent blood has to be addressed, has to be judged? I think he does, because even outside of abortion, when I've seen innocent blood shed in society, it's always addressed in one way or another, and usually, usually terribly. You're seeing that now all over society. I live outside of what's called the murder capital of the world, Chicago. And you know what? I talked to a guy not long ago. He's a gangbanger from Chicago. And uh, I liked him. And I asked him, what's going on up there? He goes, tit for tat. I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, you killed mine, I'm going to kill yours. If it takes me forever, I'm going to get yours. They're shooting each other's kids up there now just to hurt each other. Now think about that. Think of that, that kind of barbarism going on up there. Well, it, we allowed our society there are people in control of those societies, the families, whatever, to degenerate to that point where the wanting shed of innocent, innocent blood is everywhere, everywhere. Well, that's what happens. That's, that's the price you pay. That's judgment. God allows that. He allows Satan to rampage all over a certain segment of people because those people would not listen, and they allowed the shedding of innocent blood. When you allow, I remember when uh, back in the 60s, if you come into a neighborhood and you tried to, to sell dope on the corner, you would be standing there. About six or seven men with bats. And those drug dealers would move on because the people who lived in those, those uh, neighborhoods would not allow it because they knew what it would lead to. Where's the men now? Where are they at? It could all go back to there. But where are they at? Because they just don't care. And now you have what you have. Yeah. It's just that simple. Amen. Hey, Don, we're, we're coming to the end of our broadcast. I've got to start wrapping things up right now. Um, so glad you called in today because, first of all, our systems are working. Your message was right on, spot on. Uh, just a real quick note, uh, Pastor Jeff is saying that there's breaking news in uh, Canadians. Gun rights are being targeted and confiscation seems imminent as Bill C-71 was changed literally overnight. If happening in Canada, can the USA be next? And again, Chicago, one of the most strict gun law um, you know, cities in the country, and yet 
number one kill rate going on there. So kind of crazy. Um, anyways, we have a lot more to talk about. We've got the rest of the week to do it. Uh, Don Huddle, I appreciate you joining me on the air. God bless you, my brother. I appreciate you and the Lord bless you. And don't be a stranger. Keep on calling in and sharing what's in your heart. Okay. God bless you. And thank you very much from my heart for your leadership. For your thank going you. out and telling the truth and trying to warn the people. You're a real watchman. You always have been. And I really appreciate that. I appreciate your right. courage. Thank you, brother. God bless your heart. Okay. With that being said, we're going to get running right now. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the broadcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, um, we are preparing for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's an in-gathering. It's a calling together of God's people. They're going to be celebrated all over the world, from Jerusalem, Israel, to the ends of the earth, and right here in North Carolina. You want to put it on your calendar, September 20th, to September 27th, and um, I'm looking forward to it. We've got uh, Pastor David and Victoria Obenauer are going to be coming, celebrating and speaking and preaching the Word of God as well, and uh, there's some fire coming out of River of Fire Ministries. Pastor Jeff Bass and D, uh, we may be seeing them from Virginia coming up to speak uh, what's in his heart. There's a lot of great information. He pulls it all together and lays it forth and looks through the biblical lens as well. So uh, there are others that will be gathering together. I hope you're putting it on your calendar. We'll look forward to seeing you. With that being said, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Right now, there's an amazing uh, conversation going on on OmegaRadio.org. OmegaRadio.org. It's called Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. It's a roundtable discussion with Patricia Joy Xavier, the author of the book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. Hey, make sure you encourage her. Send her a little thumbs up. Let her know that you've listened to the broadcast and what you thought about it. All of her information is on the beginning of the program. Until we meet again, shalom, everybody. God bless. Have a wonderful day.